0: welcome to another edition of ecclesial thoughts with your host youth pastor austin Meisner, here on kkty tiger country radio hey guys glad to be back with you for another episode tonight Continue to move on in our series on the doctrines of the scriptures, and I am excited. Uh, we are moving on to the clarity, or otherwise known as the perspicuity of Scripture. Now, that's the kind of big word, but we're gonna, like I said, it, it, it basically means the clarity. Um, to, to best sum up this doctrine would be to say that Scripture is written in such a way that it can be understood by God's people. Now, what that does mean is that when we look at Scripture, that it is not complicated on its face. Now, yes, we have to think, and yes, we have to do logic and uh take apart the text and see what kind of text it is. Is it a, a didactic passage? Is it an argument? Is it narrative? Poetry? All of these other things. But on its face, anybody who can read at the reading level uh, of the Bible and anybody who can listen to it being taught, so if you're sitting in Sunday mornings, that is what it means that the Bible is clear when it is taught and um orally that you can understand it easily and when it is read you can also understand it easily there's no hidden codes needed there's no gnosticism involved in this um and so the big thing about this is that scripture being clear has throughout the centuries been one of the largest issues that we have had to fight as just a body of believers if you go all the way back to the early stages of Christianity even when Paul is writing and and John in, in in the book of Revelation we see that there are people uh, who we would call the gnostics who say that there is 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 a deeper meaning to scripture that only a select few that there's some hidden knowledge out there that only certain people who have attained a certain level of teaching or understanding can get from the scriptures or can teach you from the scriptures, and that is just flat out false. There is no hidden things of scriptures that only seminary students or monks can find out. In all honesty, little kids can understand scripture just as well as old adults and uh, the most non-scholared person can understand scripture just as well as somebody like myself who who has a master's in theology or those who have PhDs. Now, that knowledge that you gain from careful study and academic study of the scriptures does help. I'm not saying that. But, when we're talking about the clarity of scripture, I want you guys to understand that any of you guys can have the same level of knowledge, can understand Scripture just as much as I can, just as much as your pastor can. And that is because the Bible is written in such a way that it is to be understood by you, no matter what time period. Um, and so one of the things that we we point to, if we were to look at the Scriptures, in in Deuteronomy chapter 29 verse 29 it says the secret things belong to the Lord our God but the things that are revealed belong to us and to our children forever and so something here to point out is the fact that we don't know everything about God. And this is where the Gnostics kind of come in. This is where some of your other teachers in Christianity come in and say, well, yeah, there's hidden things. There's things we don't know about God, and that's that's where the secret knowledge comes in. Uh, Mormonism would be a great example. There's extra texts that you have to have to understand what's going on. And I would completely deny that because here, as we see in in Deuteronomy, if God wants something to be kept a secret, it's just going to be a secret. There's nothing that God wills that doesn't happen. If God wants something to happen, it will because God's speaking is his doing to quote Art Azerdia, there is nothing that he says or wills that cannot happen. That that's the the thing of being God. Uh, he He cannot violate himself, but like when he speaks, it will happen. And so with this verse in Deuteronomy saying that there are secret things, it then flips on its head and says, But everything that he has revealed to us is for us and our children. So, of course, when we take a look at this verse in context, Deuteronomy twenty nine twenty nine is in the midst of the Pentateuch. It's in the Old Testament. It's Moses uh, relaying this information to God, or not to God, to the people, to the Israelites who are about to go uh, into the promised land and, and take it. And he's about to die. And what he is wanting them to know is that God has revealed all of this stuff for their benefit. In much the same way that we have the scriptures today, so that we may benefit from them, the scriptures at that time were handed down from God to Moses, to the Israelites, so that they may have a good life that was prescribed by God. Not just a good life, but a life that sets them apart, that makes them holy, that makes them his people. And so, when it says that we are that it belongs to us and our children forever, this implies that they can understand these things. And Allison, in the book that we're we're walking through, he has this really good quote uh, about what I was talking about about understanding Scripture. It says, The only prerequisite to understanding Scripture is the normal acquired ability to read text when a Bible is available to literate people or to understand oral communication when Scripture is read out loud or broadcast. That is just the bare minimum basics. Now, of course, if you have an illiterate people, they would rely on the oral tradition of Scripture. And we have so much evidence of oral tradition in the Bible. That's how so many stories were passed down. And that's how you would get these stories over and over and over again until you could write it down in illiterate people. And now today, my son cannot write. And most kids up until the age of six, seven, eight can't write very well, but they understand words. I mean, my son, for example, he watches television shows and he can copy those words. And he under, he he sometimes he's awkward in his phrases because he doesn't realize that some words don't work the way he's trying to make them. But he starts to learn how to speak by imitating, and he understands what's going on. In much the same way, when a, a kid or adults are listening to a pastor or a teacher preacher teach, they are gaining that knowledge if they have that level of understanding. They just have to be able to put words together and deduce what is being said. So, again, like I was saying, the clarity of Scripture it has no bar for when it starts. Young people can understand it. Old people can understand it. PhDs can understand it. People who haven't finished high school can understand it. There is no bar. There is no background that prevents you from learning the scriptures. Uh, There is no race. Where you came from, language that stops you from being able to understand the Bible. Why? Because it was important made and God has superintended its purpose such as such that we would be able to understand it. Now again, when we say things like, oh what's a good example? Uh, John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Now on the face that is an easily understandable verse. But in the nuances, when you get to deeper levels of study, that's when you have to start tying together logic and all of these other things. hermeneutics and how does it relate to the Old Testament and the overall plan of God. But on the face we understand, and people can understand from that verse that God loves the world, that he would give us an, a savior that we can trust in. And that that is the, the gist, so to speak, of that verse. And so... That is the clarity of Scripture. That is what we mean when we're talking about it. It is easy. Uh, You can become a new believer, and you don't have to have any background, and you can come in and understand that. Um, And one of the great things about that is it's not just up to us. I threw out all of these physical characteristics just a minute ago and said that none of these things stop us from understanding Scripture. Now, why is that? Because, especially for those of us who are Christians, the Holy Spirit works in tandem with the clarity of Scripture so that it illuminates what the Bible is saying. Because somebody who is an atheist can read Scripture and get something totally different than somebody who is a Christian. Why? Because of the Holy Spirit. There are people who would say that Jesus is just this great teacher and he taught these great moral truths, but they're missing the point because they don't have the illumination of the Holy Spirit to see what Jesus was truly teaching in his stuff, or in his sermons and in the gospels, uh, in the narrative there. So when we say that it's clear, we also have to make sure that we understand that the Holy Spirit is what aids us in this clear understanding of Scripture. Uh, and we could even talk about atheistic professors who uh, look at the reliability of things such as the New Testament, who can read it and say, yes, we we this is the best document. I want to say it's Bart Ehrman, but I, I could be wrong on that, Who who is an atheistic professor who says that, well, yeah, it, it's a... It, It is the most reliable document on the face of the planet. But because he's an atheist, and because he has not had the illumination of the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of him, he does not necessarily understand why the Bible is life-changing. So, when we look at these things, we have to take into account what errors... We're gonna miss. I, you know, the major affirmation of this whole thing is that scripture is clear, regardless of of your stature, and I, I've mentioned those a couple different times already. Um, and that stature is only overcome by the Holy Spirit, because it allows us to uh, see the things that atheists wouldn't. So here's some things that. Uh, we need to watch out for. Uh, common mistakes that somebody would say is, okay, well, if you're saying the Bible is clear, then why is it so hard to understand? And that's a it's a, it's a fallacy. Because just because it, it is clear does not mean it's easily understood. Like I said, um, in 2 Peter 3.16, it says there are some things in them that are hard to understand. And this is a, a passage of Scripture that's relating back to some writings of, of the Apostle Paul. And yes, there are hard things to understand in Scripture. That doesn't mean that those things are any less clear. So when when the Bible makes it extremely clear that we were predestined before the face of the earth to be saved in Ephesians 1... We have to take it at face value and say that's what it means. There's no gymnastics to get out of it. Now, there's a lot of different differing views on election, but we all have to deal with the fact that Ephesians one plainly states and clearly states that we have been um, elected before the foundations of the earth. You have to you have to deal with a plain reading of that text. Now, there's other things such as Poetry, for example, that if you're not, if you didn't know it was poetry, then your clear understanding of a text would be very, very odd. Or wisdom literature with the Proverbs, for example. Sometimes there's, uh, there's, there's a famous set of Proverbs that says to not answer a man according to his own folly, for you will be a fool. And then uh, the exact opposite is said also. It says to answer a man according to his folly, so that he may see that he's a fool. Those are terrible paraphrases, and you should go look those up. Uh, That's just what came to my mind uh, as I was thinking about, about the literature, but we have to view every single piece of scripture in its original context to understand it better, to understand it clearly. And so... That is one of these fallacies, is to say, okay, well, you're saying it's clear, but I, I can never understand it. It's hard to understand. And those two things don't mean the same things. Um, so when we say it's clear, we're saying it's straightforward. Uh, there's, There's nothing hidden beneath it. Now, understanding it may take some work, and that's why... Uh, we have pastors and professors who help us with this. I mean, we wouldn't go to a church that a pa- of a pastor who's only been a Christian for a couple months because they probably don't have a super deep knowledge of all of these things to help us understand the Bible better. Uh, he be able to point out the clear things of Scripture, but to help us understand and deconstruct and show us the different points is is different. Another example would be uh, in Deuteronomy 30.11 This commandment is not ha- too hard for you, neither is it far off. Uh, and so we can see that there's things that are easy to understand, hard to apply. And so that would be one another one of those issues of okay, it's clear but it's hard to understand how we can do these things. Uh we see over and over and over again, because of the way the Bible was written, that the Old Testament is useful and instructful. And because, and so another one of these fallacies that is thrown is that, well, the Bible is super old, and so how can we possibly understand a culture that we never have have dealt with before? And so what we continue to see, though, is when Paul, in his writings, references the Old Testament, there's a good chunk of time, probably uh, at least eight to 800 years to 1,000 years difference between Paul writing, if not more, uh, of Paul's writings and when Moses and the Old Testament was wrote. I mean we know that at least it was 400 years from the last book of the Old Testament to when Jesus was born so uh, Paul is not too far off and he would expect that his audience could read the Old Testament and make the connections back and forth on how to apply their lives. Uh 1 Corinthians chapter 10 Exodus 32 Numbers 25 Uh, And uh, Numbers 14 are all examples of him referencing Old Testament passages and expecting Greek uh, Gentile people to understand and to learn from these stories in the Old Testament what they were supposed to do as, as new believers. And so putting this idea out of well it's too old for us to really understand and too old for us to really have an application is another fallacy and so what we so we we've covered the fact that uh, it's clear uh, but that uh, it's not always easy to understand and we've also covered the fact that just because it takes place so long ago that we're not able to to learn from it is also a fallacy. So, uh, I've already mentioned this before, it, earlier, but the another thing that we have to watch out for is to just just check out when we go to church. We say that, well, I'm not called to be a pastor, I'm not called to be a teacher, and therefore I'm just going to let them teach me. And that is the wrong mentality to have. Because, as I said earlier, there is no such thing as this Gnostic belief that only certain people can understand the Scriptures. So it's not just that pastors can understand the Scriptures. Everybody can. So you, as a person, as a church member, as a Christian, have a responsibility to to be in the Word of God. So that you may know it. I mean, the Great Commission assumes, it says to go out and teach, preach, uh, uh, or uh, to teach and to uh, baptize and disciple of all nations. And so, that would imply that you understand the scriptures in such a way to teach. And so, therefore, you cannot just say, well, I'm going to Uh, hand my brain over to the pastor and say, it's your job to teach me about it. You must be in the Word so that you can teach it. Now, you may be doing this in different ways. For example, like I listen to different pastors teach. Uh, I listen to guys like R.C. Sproul, John MacArthur, Alistair Begg, all of these guys, uh, and they can either teach at an academic level, or they can be preaching. And that's one way that I fill myself with more scripture beyond just studying the scripture for my own own sake but you must have this in you because that would you can't take the responsibility off yourself that's that's the lying share of this error is that well if if i give it over to the pastor it's his fault it's his job and to a degree it is his job to teach you but there is no such thing as gnosticism which says that he has something that you don't so that you can understand the scriptures and so I would just greatly encourage you dive into the word maybe you know start in the start in the new testament Get your feet wet. Get your feet underneath you. Get a foundation built on how to read the scriptures correctly. And then tackle the Old Testament. Because that's where all of these New Testament things that we see. uh, Hebrews, I believe it's chapter 7, talks about how much of a shadow uh, that all of the Old Testament was and how much better it is in Christ. Well, you can't understand how much better Christ is if you don't understand the Old Testament. And so for us to get in there, to do the work Pays us so richly to understand the scriptures, and how much better Jesus is than the Old Testament. Just as an example, uh, and so, just like your pastors have probably mentioned, um, harping on daily Bible reading is is such a thing for me, especially with my students. Of talking, we well, got to build the habit. You've got to start reading uh, more so. Than just every time you're at the church, you must have this umph, this resolve, this uh, commitment inside of you to do it regardless. Not because reading the Bible saves you, but because reading the Bible is is the washing of the Word. It's what fills you with the knowledge of God. It's what gives you more peace by understanding more about God. Jesus and the Holy Spirit fill you with peace, but that generally happens when you hear Scripture, when you understand Scripture in such a way that you could say, Oh, well, I didn't know God promised uh, to be my rock, my redeemer, my savior, and so therefore I can rest in him rather than have to work. That's why the Sabbath is such a great thing because it was pointing towards this day when we were we wouldn't have to work for our salvation, when we could just rest in Christ and rest in God doing the work for us rather than us having to constantly do this. That's just a just one example. And so I would encourage you pick that pick your Bible up, set a quiet time. If not just to read through the Bible, to gain the knowledge that it has, the clear knowledge, not the stuff that's underneath the waters, which I understand there is, but just reading through the text in any any context as a Christian is so extremely helpful for us because it is, is the word of God being imparted to us and if it's true and authoritative and all of these other things that we've already talked about then, then why would we not want to read it to gain the wisdom that it has for us and so uh, here's some questions you might get so, so we've kind of dealt with some errors, but here's some kind of questions you might get, or you might even be thinking right now as you listen to this, is if if this the idea of the clarity of Scripture is true, why are there so many different versions of the Bible? Interpretations of Scripture, maybe, would be the better way to put it. And the best way I could say is because... It, the reason we have all of these different interpretations of scripture is a uh, people can be just wrong and not have a good hum, uh, good hermeneutical foundation. And so, for example, in the medieval time period, in the uh, days of uh, the Catholic Church, uh, in in Greece and uh, what we would call the Eastern, uh, the Near East, and Europe, and all of that. And this was called allegory. And what allegories would do is they would read a story of Scripture, and then they would try to interpret every piece of Scripture in not the plain meaning of the text. And so, for example, the the parable of the Good Samaritan, each aspect of that story would have something drawn out of it so that it would make... A new story, a new application for the listeners. And so that's just one example of us having a different interpretation of Scripture because of bad hermeneutics. And, and so another reason why we would have so many different types of Scriptures or interpretations of the Scriptures is just because somebody doesn't truly understand the Scripture itself. And so they take something out of context, and so they misinterpret it. Or they they didn't do their homework well enough, and so they mis, misinterpret what that text actually means. And this is where having a, a good background of, of Greek and Hebrew and culture and all of these things is important. It's not 100% necessary, but it's important because it allows us to dig and, and really make sure that we as teachers and pastors understand the text and uh that's my best answer for that. That's why we have so many different interpretations, and especially when people come and come with their own presuppositions and their own worldviews of what the text says and what it should mean. That also flavors how somebody interprets a text, and so we must always keep in mind that allowing the the, the Bible to interpret the Bible is the most important thing. And when we do that, and we dig that should reveal the clear interpretation of the Scripture. Uh, and so, uh, so I, I mentioned he, Greek and Hebrew words there. And that is important, and, and some, sometimes people, when they start to hear that, they get scared, is the best way to put it. They'll say, well... You know, if that's what it takes for me to understand Scripture, then I guess I'll never do it. I'll never understand it. And that's, A, I think that's an excuse to some degree. I don't think everybody has to learn Greek and Hebrew because I think we can learn what God has intended for us. The will of, for God is, is for us, even our sanctification. And I think we can learn what God has for our lives and learn what the Bible is trying to tell us in English. Is it super helpful to go to Greek and Hebrew? Yes, but we can't use that as an excuse as to why the Bible is not clear. Those are just simply better tools for us to understand. So, I hope tonight, if anything for you guys, has shown that the Bible can be clear. We can walk through so many different scriptures that are hard because we already have dove past the surface. Because when, if you're looking at scripture like you would a lake or a pond or something like that, we would be able to see the just the clearness of it. And as soon as you dive in, that's when things do begin to kind of get murky, and I'm not going to even lie about that. Because when we dive in and start to pull out these threads... It, it, we start to see, oh, well, if I pull on this here, and this is, if I believe uh, this about one particular text, then that changes the way that I have to view this text, and this text, and this text, and etc., etc., etc. And so, yes, on the surface, each of those points may be clear, but that's when they all start to get tied together, and that's why we have to read the Bible as a whole book, instead of just, individual little pieces. That's why you have to have an understanding and read the entire Bible and it, uh, for you to have a good understanding, for you to understand the clarity of it. Uh, like I was already mentioning about how the Apostle Paul would reference Old Testament texts and expect New Testament believers to just understand in a Gentile setting and not a Jewish setting. So guys, I, I really hope uh, that this week... As you guys are listening, that this would be an encouragement to you. That you guys would see that Scripture is not something that has to be spoon-fed to you. That you can read your Bible, and you can understand it, and you can learn things from it. And you can, I mean, there's so many good Bibles today to even take you deeper and make more sense uh, than just the surface, than just Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. We've got study Bibles that will help you understand some of the underlying uh, Greek and Hebrew, and even some of the notes for history that make things important. And so we live in a time where our understanding of the biblical times has never been better has never been at a, such a peak, maybe except for those people who lived during those times themselves. So take the time to really dig into the Word of God. Uh, There's so many Psalms that talk about just how sweet the law is, and how blessed people are for doing it. And Jesus, in his temptation against the devil, talks about... How how man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And of course, that's even a whole, an Old Testament quote uh, from the Pentateuch. And so I would encourage you guys, I, I really would, that you guys would pick up your, your Bibles, that you would read them with a renewed sense of vigor, and just a hope that you can understand it, that it is clear and try to get the, the main thing first as as Alistair Begg always says The main let's keep the main things uh, or sorry, the plain things are the main things and the main things are the plain things everything else is after that and so I encourage you guys this week I'll be praying for you guys this week uh, I hope you guys stay safe out there with another batch of winter weather coming in Uh, At least that's what the radar is showing as I record this on a Monday night. And uh, I look forward to moving on in the next set of doctrines with you guys if my new board is not already here by next week. So you guys have a great week.